a Podcast One production. The truth about starting a business, crafting a career, having a family and managing to fit it all in. Superwomen We Ain't. From the founder of Boost Juice, Janine Ellis, and leading executive and career coach, Margie Hartley. Hi, welcome to season two of Superwomen We Ain't. I'm Margie Hartley. And I'm Janine Ellis. Episode three is Haters Gonna Hate. We're going to talk about the haters, how to think about the hater, and how to manage them. Janine, the realities are that we've got the jealous friend or the nasty competitor or a vindictive employee, and really, I didn't think I'd ever quote Taylor Swift over the great philosophers. However, she was right when she said, the haters are going to hate. Look, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because... Yeah, when I started Boost Juice Bars, I didn't realise I would end up ever having a profile. And one of the scary things about going on to TV and doing Shark Tank was I didn't know how I was going to react to the haters. And were there any? Look, it was interesting. You you spend hours in the makeup chair and Sarah Harris, who was divine from from Channel 10, I said to her, I said, how do you manage them? Because I know she's been bombarded by haters. And she said, "You, you engage the mute and block button. And I thought, well, okay, great. Okay, I can do that. She's like said, on a remote control. Correct. So whenever okay. those haters come in, you just block them. And I remember one time I was going to the Logies and I was walking in my high heels, which I never wear high heels, wobbling down the street. And there was a couple of guys who I really don't care about their opinion. They look like the dregs of the earth. And they came in through a, a negative comment at me. I can't remember what it was. And I actually had a moment. I looked at them and I thought, do I care what these people think of me? And I thought, no. And then I, the next thought was, they're the ones that's come onto social media and say, Janine, you're a bully, you're this, you're this, you know, you could do these things better, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, do I care what they think? And the answer was no. So the so it's a, it's an interesting time we're in right now. And I with think... trolling and things like that trolling, or people feeling like they can give their opinion about you. Correct, correct. Okay. But even before all that, even before social media was around, I remember I travelled, I told my mother I was going to go for three months overseas and I came back seven years later. But seven years later was a time when pretty much that was when a lot of people make their adult friendships. So I came back to Australia, had a few friends from school, and I sat in front of them and I was telling them about my travels. You know, I'm David Bowie, I'm Mick Jagger, and I travelled around the world and I did it. And they shut me down. And they'd shut me down not because, you know, they were meaning to be mean. They shut me down because it made them feel worse about their life. And sometimes that's what happens with haters. They say misery loves company, right? So they want misery around them. So it was a real eye-opener when I was actually 28 that you can't actually be too over the top with your life because it makes people feel bad about themselves. So it was really sad because I came back and these are my best friends. I expected them to be really excited. And it, was, um, it wasn't that case at all. Mm, I've had some interesting experiences recently, less so with um, online um, feedback, but mostly with um, other competition in my business. And so hearing secondhand that people have been saying things that aren't particularly true, fake news, and they're not really helpful for me because they're my competitor, they're trying to take me down. And, um, and, And that's a real bother for me. And I try not to get captured by it, but I do find myself thinking about it and how to manage my reputation while other people are being negative about my business. Mm, Have you got any tips? Look, it's, um, 
I went to the park recently and my dogs were walking on the path. You know, there's, there's the grass part and the stone part. You're not allowed to walk on the stone part. Unfortunately, my dogs can't read the sign to say you can't walk on the stone path, so we walked on the stone path. This guy went off his head at me. He just went, get your dog raft off, off, and I just went, oh, mate, just be happy. And then he was going off his nut about my dog walking on the stone area. And all I thought was... I feel so sorry for him because he has to go home with himself. I walk with my happy dog home to my happy house with my happy children and he has to go home with himself. So that's how I think about it. In actual fact, I do feel really sorry for the haters because they are so miserable in their life. That's how they That's how they exist. Did you have any people who were trying to undercut you? I know when you started Boost, you had like six different people doing juice bars in Australia and you entered the market. Was there any competition or negativity that you faced around that competitive edge? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was it was war. In 2004, there was probably about 50, 60 juice bars opening up. It was war. I remember in um, Glenelg in, in South Australia, there was a juice bar that opened up just out the road and their staff would sit out the front of Boost and anyone coming out with a Boost, they would try and give them one of their smoothies. And, you know... I, for me, when the staff called and said, they're doing this, what do we do? I said, nothing. Just give great service. Just smile. The competitors are going to be there. Um, you know, focus on yourself, you know. And I think that's the key with haters is focus on yourself. And I, I think about that when I was a publicist, when I was a publicist at United International Pictures. And one of my great parts of my job is I got to hang out with movie stars and rock stars. And I was in the taxi with David Caruso from, do you remember David Caruso? He was from NYPD Blue. Is that the redhead from CSI? Yeah, Miami. CSI. I oh, yep. love that. He's yeah. always wearing the sunglasses I know. and looking. Yeah. Okay. But he, but You're in a cab that, with him. But he has the same look, doesn't he? He sort of puts the glasses and just gives that look to the right. I mean, seriously. Anyway, he, we were doing a movie called Jade and that's what I was promoting him. And he sat opposite me and he was just trying to do the transition from TV into movies. And he sat there and he was just whinging about, you know, Liam Neeson getting a part that he should have got and someone else should have got a part. Da, 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 da. And seriously, honestly, he actually looked at me and he knew that I was so uninterested. I didn't mean to be because I'm trying to be you know, a nice publicist, you know, be nice to them. And I thought to myself, I thought, imagine being an actor and every single day you're rejected because you're actually rejected more than you actually get parts. And so it is a real part of they think they're being hated, they think that it's personal, but it's not personal. They're just not the right, you know, he's a, he's a redhead and he's not that tall, so there's only so many parts that probably suit him. So it's really interesting. It was, a, again, an aha moment for me going, God, this guy who, you know, I think you know, TV stars are, you know, obviously on pedestals, so I'm thinking, why are you actually whinging? You've got this part, we're in Jade, where it's a great movie, it's doing well, what's your problem? But... You do have to sit down and put yourself in their shoes sometimes and go, gee, that would be a, a really tough, a tough gig. Before we go on to talk about how we have a right mindset about haters, I do want to caveat this by saying that the trolling and the internet bullying that goes on, particularly for young people, is a massive problem at the moment and that um, if you do know anybody who's being internet bullied or um, trolled, um, you know, really help them seek support either through Lifeline or whomever else it might be mm. because this is a really, really big problem out there where people are feeling um, undermined by internet trolls. But we're going to talk about really this idea about business. We're going to talk about how we cope and keep moving forward when you're starting to be successful and people starting to lob a few stones. Look, they are, but also you can't ignore 
the minority having the largest voice right now because it does affect business. Okay. So, for example, um, we were doing some advertising with Carl Sandelin and, you know, obviously he's polarising, you know, you love him or you hate him. And so there was a small group, a small body, and it was, we're talking probably about 20 people, but they would actually have the largest voice. They would, they would literally bombard our website, our um, social media, and they would bombard anyone who was advertising on that radio show. And it was the minority, and that's what's happening right now. We've got the minority having such a big voice, and sometimes those minorities are either too far left and they're too far right, and they actually don't represent the majority. But because they're loud, people think that they are, and businesses are reacting to these loud voices when they shouldn't be because it's not the majority. And the reason the majority don't stand up is simply the same reason as a kid in a schoolyard doesn't stand up. They don't want the attention on themselves. Or they're satisfied and they don't really... No, it's not that. It isn't it? No, I think it's because I would see someone that would say um, a view, right? A view that is quite out there. Like, so we shouldn't be having Santa at schools because, you know, we should be more, you know, more, more everyone's... Culturally aware. Yeah, culturally aware. And my view is, mate, it's Santa. You know, we need Santa. You need the big fat guy with the red suit, right? But... I'm not going to say that because all of these people are going to turn their eyes to me and they're going to attack me. I'm a racist. I am this. I am that. And so what we do is we actually hear these people. We disagree with them and we say in our own networks we disagree with them, but they're so noisy. So in this day, the haters are very noisy and the haters have these extreme views and they're not necessarily the views of the majority. So the businesses that you see reacting to those, what happens to the business? Do they go wrong. So, for example, okay. right, so boost juice bars. Yeah. Right, so people are going, there's too much sugar in your juices. And I go, oh, my God, we have everything from blended kale with um, with pineapple to, sure, indulgence, cookie and cream. Guess what? There's a cookie and cream in it, right? So we have a whole range. So what we do is because of these haters came in and said, you're doing this, we go, oh, we better create more healthy products. And so we go off, but the majority's going, you know what? I know that there's juices. I know that there's really great smoothies that are healthy. Some days I want to have a bit more of an indulgence days. I know there's a a real banana and and culture in them. So I'm going to have a great time, right? But so we do listen to the, the minority sometimes thinking it's a majority. So what I'm trying to get through in this episode is that keep perspective, the haters are often the minority. Like there was a guy I read, he, used, he went through all of these really scary countries all over the world, like Iran, Iraq, um, Afghanistan. And we, people would go, what are you doing? Yeah, this is, you could get killed. He said, you know what? The reality is 90% of the population are good people. And I think that that's what you have to take in, into account when you're thinking about haters is most people aren't. So we're in a new world where haters can reach us and we need strategies to protect ourselves and others from them. So what are some of your strategies? Look, depersonalisation, you spoke about Sarah Harris before and how she presses the mute button. That's, I, I absolutely agree, but I do tend to personalise it. I feel really a deep sense of responsibility. So it's taken me years and years um, personally to actually spend time coaching myself and thinking, what is what is the issue here? Is it real? Is it not real? Where are they coming from? And then I go through, what's my goal? Am I staying true to myself? Is there something I need to learn from this? What are my options? What mindset's going to allow me to move forward on this? And I think 
learning those skills and techniques personally has allowed me to really centre myself and understand that, yes, there's lots of negative um, competition out there and the more successful you are, the more there will be. And also the more profile you get, the more likely people feel free to comment on what's going on. And look, let's not kid ourselves. You know, we mostly like to be liked. And quite often people act in a way so people can like them. And the amount of times in business that I've seen people do what people think they want them to do instead of what they really should be doing happens all the time, purely based on the fact that they want to be liked. And I think it's really important that we acknowledge that often these haters, it's actually not about you. I love the line that says, what people think about you is none of your business. And it's true. If, Margie, if you sit down and you go, gee, Janine, you know, God, I really hate the fact that she didn't do her greys this morning and they're all coming out, it's none of my business what you think. And it's actually not about you. It's often about themselves. So can I ask a question about what you personally do in terms of reading negative feedback online? How do you deal with that? Uh, I try not to read all of it. If I think it's going pear shape, I just go mute or block. Okay. I go, Sarah Harris said mute a block. I'm muting and blocking. So, so self-protection mechanisms there that you put in place yeah. as a strategy to say, I, I'm not going to listen to this. Yeah. I go back to that time when I saw those people at the Logies where they were standing there and I looked at them. Whenever I see a negative comment, I think about them and I think, do I care about their opinion? And the answer is no. So I just mute and block and I give it a bit of a smile and I go on. Mm. I'm actually really fortunate that... Um, I don't get too much negativity or I may not understand social media enough to be able to find out where the negativity are. Actually, it's funny, my first season of Shark Tank, I thought, because I was worried about it, I thought, okay, I'm going to not read any social media. Now, my son works in social media, right? So first time comes out, he goes, mum, you should see what they're saying about you. I said, mate, the strategy's there. Don't tell me. And of course he told me. And then you do feel like you go, oh God, was that that stupid? Was that, you know, you do self-doubt yourself until... You go to the Logies, you see those people, and then you, you, put, you put it in perspective. You put it in perspective. Okay, again, so we keep talking about how we're going to think about haters, whether they're the negative employee, the jealous friend. It's actually not to hate back. It's not to get angry. It's not to get even. It's not to have revenge. Yeah. It's actually to shift perspective back to yourself, check on yourself, and then have this idea of what someone thinks about you is none of your business. And also, it's actually this addiction to pleasing other people or this addiction to being liked or addiction to being approval. approval. Yeah, approval's really big and it you pushes know, people into competition too. It does. When we seek approval, we actually are inviting competition psychologically into our lives. I know it sounds crazy, but that's absolutely the truth. We're all on our journey and I, and I truly mean that. I know people go, don't use the word journey, it's, a, it's, it's annoying, but I'm going to use it for this one. But I look at when I was 20 to 30 and 30 to 40 and 40 to 50 and now I'm into my 50s and it really takes you time to feel comfortable in your own skin. It's like, I, I again, I'm very visual. It's like you put on a jacket and it's called approval and it doesn't work or it doesn't work. Is it comfortable? Is it itchy? Is it, what is it? And then you try on another jacket and, you know, even the, the journey of business. I mean, you know, I mean, anyone who knows my story knows that I come from no business experience. But what I did do was I was just a quick, I just was a massive learner. And, but there was times when I self-doubted. There was times I thought any minute now people will work out, I don't know what I'm doing. And so it's it's when you get older, you actually go, do you know what? It's actually okay not to know. It's actually okay but to be on a journey of learning. Mm. And if the day you think that you're not on that journey, 
then something's wrong. So then that then leans back to our haters. Then so what? We're going to make mistakes. Then just let them go and actually edit. One final thing, and I'm a really firm believer on this, edit your friends. If you find someone's around you that drags you down and you're not enjoying their company because every time you see them, you, you feel depleted, get rid of them. You're listening to Super Women We Ain't with Margie Hartley and Janine Ellis. If you like listening to the show, please do get in touch on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button and continue to listen for free. So, Janine, you're really resilient and we say what someone thinks of us is none of our business and with maturity we've actually gained that um, self-knowledge. But for the people who aren't as resilient as you and maybe can't press the mute button, and I know at times I haven't been able to, Mm -hmm. what support are we going to get? And look, I, I really just want to talk about this idea of having a conversation with those you know and if we think about the levels of support you can get... I would say reach out to the person or people that you know that can support you and help you shift your perspective or listen to you. The catharsis of a problem shared is a problem halved. Really important to have go through that process and not hold on to it yourself. Then we can actually go and step towards professional support. And that can take the um, shape of a psychologist who may be able to help you sort through those things. It may take you through to a coach, someone like myself, who's able to help you think or change perspective and look at the solutions and the goals and grounded in who you are. And then, you know, um, serious, more serious help where you may actually um, need to go to a psychiatrist or actually work on a lifestyle mm. change that's quite dramatic. So we think about those stages. I would encourage everybody to get some support, particularly from someone who knows them well or is able to support them with their goals. And I think that helps with perspective. Now, my support is in the form of three gorgeous girlfriends. And I'm sure that saves all of us thousands of dollars in therapy because we sit down and we go through what's happened in the last three months and we actually give each other perspective. So if I turn around and say, oh, look, I've been trolled, I've been this, then these beautiful women around me who, who love me will give me perspective and then you leave so much better. So as you said, a problem shared is a problem halved. So it's really having those great support people around you. And, and yes, you can go to professional help and that's great to the extreme, but try not to get there by actually listening to the people you actually care about their opinion, not the ones you've never met who give you a, a view that is, you know, not that great. I mean, I did a book and, you know, there was all these great reviews. I'm going, oh, this is fantastic. And then I got a one star. Oh, what's that? You know, this is, you know, poorly written and blah, 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 blah. And I went, oh, maybe I shouldn't be writing anymore because maybe I'm going to put, you know, like, so, but there was 20 positive reviews. But what do we do as humans? We listen to the negatives, Right, if I sit down with my staff and I say to them, let me tell you the 15 things that you're amazing at and let me tell you the one or two things you need to improve on, they walk out going, Janine doesn't like me, I'm doing a bad job, right? They don't hear the positives. We are attuned to the negatives. So we've got to actually keep perspective on 
on our lives and what we're actually hearing. And in positive psychology, we always talk about the negativity bias. And so the antidote to that is actually looking at what we're grateful for, what we've achieved, how we're going and building on what's strong rather than what's wrong. Mm. And so actually acknowledging that and realising it's normal means that we can move forward just like you do with your stuff, which is really important to do. And there's so much information on that neuroplasticity and how you can, because you're born a certain way. You're either born with a negative bias or a positive bias, apparently. That's what the research is saying at the moment. So you, you, just because you're born that way doesn't mean you can't change your brain. So, you know, and work on that. Work on being positive. I mean, you do come across people who are naturally half full. I'm a naturally half full person. I mean, if you told me a problem, Margie, the first thing that comes out of my mouth was, but the good thing about that is that you learned blah, 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 right? A negative person would be going, oh my God, Margie, that's terrible. What are we going to do? That's terrible. I mean, you know, it's just horrible. I'd be just going in a dark room and, and rocking quietly, right? So it's, so it's making sure that that gratefulness, I'm, I'm actually working with a guy at the moment called Paul Taylor great guy. And he talks about how you can work in, you can go do grateful for an extreme. And so for example, you get a coffee, you stand there with your coffee and you go, gee, I'm really grateful for the guys that actually picked the beans. Gee, if it wasn't for the guy that actually had that truck, that actually drove the truck to the things, I wouldn't have had this coffee. All the way to, you know, this paper that I've got in my hand or this this cup that I've got in my hand, who made it? I'm so grateful for the barista. I'm grateful, 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 grateful. Now, that's an extreme, but if you start to being grateful, then suddenly what happens is you see all the things to be grateful for. If you are a hater, if you're in a negative bias type person, you spend your whole time seeing reasons to be negative and reasons to be hateful. So change the way you think. Great advice, Janine. And I actually am a big believer in planning and individualising your response. Not all people will want to be able to respond the same way. And if we have to think about even phrases and ways we're going to respond to people face-to-face, we're going to have to think about the strategies that we have that suit us. Going back to your point about being authentic and real, how do we respond? And I absolutely believe that you need to individualise your response and think about it beforehand in terms of when it's going to happen. I think the final thing I'm thinking about also on that point is own it. Don't be the victim. You, know, you can choose to react to people coming to you, hating you in all sorts of ways. You know, so you've got to, if, you, if you own it, then you can choose what to do. You can choose to block it. You can choose to respond. You can choose to ignore. You can choose to let it take in. But I think the key thing is don't be a victim. I mean, no, seriously, you know, you, we, you, people wallow in their own sort of misery. And sometimes people love a drama. You know, there's people that love dramas, right? Some of them, oh, you, this is what happened. Haters, oh, my God. You know, for God's sake, just own it. The other thing that someone said to me, and it's stuck with me forever, is people treat you how you allow them to treat you. So if someone says something to you that is unacceptable and you let them get away with it, and that could be a husband, a friend or whatever, then don't stand for it. You actually can turn around and say, I'm sorry, that's not good enough. You don't treat me like that. And quite often I see it so often that people actually let people walk on them like doormats. And really, I'm going to say it again because it's so important, is people treat you how you allow them to treat you. So if you're allowing them to treat you like a doormat, well, shame on you. Does that apply to business as well, Janine? Yeah. Well, see, everything I talk about, I don't see the difference between life and business. So in actual fact, everything we're speaking about today is life 
and in business. So everything relates to it. Mm. So if I'm like in business, if a supplier says that they are going to deliver on Tuesday at four o'clock and it's not there till seven, well, that's not good enough. And so he's treating me poorly as a customer. Same thing comes with my customers. I have promised them that they will get a smile, a great product in a great environment. If I don't deliver that, that's wrong. So I'm not treating them how they deserve to be treated. So in business and life, it's all relevant. What if that's an employee or um, employer or a boss? I think you can take the emotion out of it. I mean, if if you feel that you've been treated poorly, don't go back you know, with anger and, and emotion, go back and say, look, just so you know, that's how my, that made me feel. Or actually, that's not good enough. Like, it's okay to come back and say it's not good enough because quite often most people, not all, just clarifying, not all, but most people actually want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't realise that how they're coming across is a certain way. So if you turn around to your boss and say, hey, Jimmy, just so you know, um, what you just said there is actually not making me feel very comfortable or... I don't think that's right, you should be able to say that. Which is the art of communication. The art of communication. Absolutely making sure that everybody's clear and that we're doing the right thing. But I do like going back to your ideas here, Janine, about the, you know, your reaction is up to you. You own it. Absolutely. Don't be a victim. And it's how you think about the haters and how you choose to respond that's actually the most important thing. Find your own technique. Find the phrases, find the planning, understand how you're going to face into it. And reality is it hurts. It hurts for you, it hurts for me, hurts for others. But really, who are these people to you? Mm. It's interesting. We talked in previous episodes about communication and hating is about communication, but just in a negative way. What I want people to take away from this episode is how we communicate to each other. So one of the things that I find really interesting when I go to an event or meeting new people, the conversation needs to be interesting, but you also need to be interested. So when was the last time you went out and you sat there next to someone and they just spoke at you? They didn't ask you what you did. They didn't ask you who you are. They didn't, because they were just giving you verbal diarrhea one way. And there's another time when you go out and you have an interactive conversation, which is they're really interested. They're interested in you. You're interested in them. And it's a dialogue that you just go, oh my God, that was just such a great conversation. But I must admit, once you know this theory of interesting and interested, you'd be surprised how many times you actually go out and people just either speak at you or watch yourself that you're not just speaking at them. So walk away and go, did you actually ask them what they did? Did you actually have any interest in them whatsoever? Because I can tell you now, every single person on this planet has a really interesting story. You just need to ask. Great advice, Janine. And on the next episode, we're going to talk about, do you have to plan it or can you wing it? Is the 10-year plan really relevant today? Superwomen We Ain't is a Podcast One production recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne. Executive producer is Grant Tothill. Producer is Dave Zwolenski. Audio production by Darcy Thompson.